0: Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, No commercials, no off topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. The date is the 13th century. The place is China. Your assignment is to study the history of entomology and meet an entrepreneur who has taken the study of insects to another level. First, let's go back to the 13th century. Song Si is a practicing lawyer and death investigator. Today's case takes us to a rice field. It's a murder case, and before us is a man who was murdered with a sickle. Sung had gathered his suspects from the village. They stand there, restless, holding their most important farming tools. Most of all, a sickle. It's used to cut and trim brush and weeds. We're watching Sung as he carefully inspects each person's sickle, carefully turning the wooden handle in his hands And studying the half-moon blade. Now all of the suspects are standing in another group. Sung has not been successful in matching any blade to the wounds on our victim. But Song will not give up. He is inspecting the scene of the crime when a buzzing sound, strange, and a sickle that one of the workers is holding seems to be attracting a lot of flies. There are not many flies around the other blades. Song inspects this tool closer and discovers the flies were attracted to tiny amounts of blood and tissue on the blade. And by this, he concludes the murder weapon. Song Si is probably not aware that he has just used the first known documented case of forensic entomology, and he will later become a leading criminologist. In 1247 A.D., Song published a manuscript that put him on the map of criminology. The name of the manuscript would be Qi Yuan Lu, which translates to Washing Away of Wrongs. We are sometime between 907 and 960 A.D., and we are back in China. We are examining a case where a man has died in a fire. The smoke still lingers, and it will stay in our clothes and our hair. And there is the body of the charred man, partially consumed by the flames. We are conducting a detailed post-mortem examination of the remains, and someone has observed how flies are accumulating around the head of this corpse, but not on the rest of the remains. One of you carefully examines the portion where the flies are heaviest and discovers a spike embedded in the skull. Death was no accident. It wasn't due to fire. It was murder. These are the first known documented use of forensic entomology. One determined a murder weapon, the other a true cause of death, and now we will be able to travel to 1850 in France. We sit and watch a courtroom drama unfold, as the cliché goes, regarding the body of a child discovered in a chimney. The people living in the home were, of course, immediately suspected. They're arguing they were only redecorating when this little body was discovered. They are innocent of a crime. But now, the medical examiner is testifying here in our courtroom, and we lean in to hear his words because he is about to make history. He explains that insect activity proved the current homeowners were innocent based on the life development of the fly. He's made history because of the medical examiner's testimony. This is the first case of forensic entomology being used in a courtroom. And now, here we are today knowing that insect activity can help determine more than just a murder weapon or cause of death. So let's talk about forensic science technician as a job. In a 2020 report, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics announced that the job of forensic science technician was growing at a rate of 14%. That is nearly triple the national average for all occupations. And in the future, the BLS projects that over 2,000 fresh positions will be needed, adding to the already 17200 current positions. And if you're looking for the money, California reports having the largest number of employed forensic science technicians, and they pay the highest salaries. The job requires a master's degree in forensic science and certification by the American Board of Forensic Entomology. And it would probably help if you had an education in biology and the sciences as well. So my guest on this episode is an entomologist of sorts. It began when she found herself in tough times and had to help her family. And it all happened by accident when an elderly woman told her a story about going to the fair. And then she exchanged looks with a bug while digging for antiques in the woods. But she doesn't study insects for forensics. She makes jewelry. Caitlin Helmley takes interesting bugs and turns them into beautiful pendants, rings, and decorative items. Her work is beautiful, and it is artistic, and no two pieces are alike. That's what I like about it. We chatted about her work and how she began looking at bugs in a different light. So, Caitlin Helmley, tell us what you are doing with your jewelry. It's sort of an epitomology, baking decorations and jewelry kind of thing, but tell us what you're doing exactly.
1: I take insects from all over the world. Some of them are kind of creepy. Some of them are very beautiful. And um, I showcase them in resin, and I'll add all kinds of flowers and some glow powders, glitters, all kinds of really cool things just to showcase its natural beauty. I can make them into necklaces or wall hangings, keychains,
0: but my favorite's the skulls. All kinds of cool stuff like that. I mean, there's like a hundred different pieces I'd like to order, but my first thought was, how exactly did you get started with this?
1: A while ago, about like two or three years, my husband and I were living with his grandmother and we were kind of having like a life crisis at the time. We really needed money and um, our car was broken. So I needed to try to find a way to like get some kind of an income without having a car so I couldn't get to, you know, a regular job or anything like that. So um, I knew that when we first started dating, he would take me back into these woods behind his grandmother's house. And there were like all kinds of antique bottles and things like that out there. I really, really got interested in that. And that's kind of um, what pushed me into, you know, being in the realm where they were. Um, I did really good with the bottles. But while I was out there, I remember I was sitting down in the ground. There was this I was digging a hole and I noticed this little, little tiny, tiny insect. And it was kind of looking at me. So I leaned over and I, I looked back at him. And I was just checking him out. And it almost looked like he was looking back at me, you know, just the same way, like checking me out. And I didn't know it at the time, but that was actually an assassin bug. And so I took a picture of him. I went home and I looked him up on the Internet. Then I watched a video on him. And I was just absolutely fascinated by all of its characteristics, all the cool, you know, things that it could do. Like, it it was it's, it's an amazing hunter. In fact, that's why they call it the assassin bug. And I'm thinking, wow, all this power in such a tiny little insect. And it's just unbelievable. So I got really, really into that and watching all kinds of videos, getting my hands on any kinds of books I could, you know, constantly going outside. And whenever I was out there, I would take a note to find, you know, whatever insects I could. And I really, really enjoyed just learning about them and seeing the ones that were in my area and then finding out what they could do. And it was just cool because they were in my area, you know? It's like they're little aliens. So many cool things that they can do, and it's just fascinating to me. And that's kind of what brought me to the insect thing. My husband's uh, grandmother told me that back in the day, when she would go to the like the carnival or the circus or something like that, they would wear beetles on a little brooch, but they weren't dead. They would be like tied to a string, or maybe it was glued, and the string would be connected to a little pin, and the pin, it would walk around on your shirt, and that's actually how I thought of the idea of how to make it, because I, I, I thought it was really cool. I didn't want the bug walking on me, <laughs> <But> <laughs> right. I thought, hey, if I put it in resin, then I then it doesn't have to touch the person.
0: What do you look for when you're doing this art? Is there a specific look you want in a insect, or is it just visual? Is it their story? I
1: really like something really wild looking and like something really beautiful. It's almost like the beauty and the beast. I really, really enjoy things that are scary and have like big, scary mandibles, something freaky, something that really makes you go, wow, is that from my earth? And not help, but when you see them to go, oh my gosh, that is beautiful. All the insects that I know exist right now, anyways, it's just got these super, super long horns for its body. Um, or sorry antennas and then it's got um, gold on its back with these beautiful designs iridescent its legs are like teal it's so gorgeous and if you don't know what it is I definitely recommend you look it up it's the most beautiful beetle I have ever seen coming from a person
0: that loves insects (laughs) now and you're making jewelry out of him
1: yes my first uh, my first one that I received uh, I loved it so much that I actually framed it So sometimes I'll frame them if it's something that's like special to me. I also have them in pieces. I actually make like a little crystal pendant. Well, it looks like a crystal. So it's resin in the shape of a crystal. And I will put, I've got a couple with that specific beetle because uh, like for that one, I think she's just so beautiful that I've got to even have the mold beautiful. She's like perfect to me. So I, I like to put her in the perfect little setting.
0: That's that's a, such a different look at, at insects. And most people, I think, just kind of, you know, swat a flyer or, or what have you. And I think we need to be aware of our surroundings. We need to be kinder to the earth, that's for sure. But, you know. Absolutely. I just love the idea. Now, what do you enjoy best about your job?
1: Oh, that would that's
0: easy. Definitely creating
1: the work every time. I, I love Love, love creating the work. Um, I really enjoy, you know, showing and talking to customers and seeing their face when they see a custom piece made. I really love seeing their face light up. But for me, the the best part is actually making it because a balance that I try to, um, you know, all the cute little pieces of flowers and um, just stuff to accentuate the piece. Without overdoing God's natural artwork, which is the insect itself. You can never do it. You, can, you know, the, the insects themselves are so beautiful. It's really hard to push that any farther. If you do, it's, it's too much. So it's a, it's a balance you have to create where you're not adding too much in with that.
0: When you talk to people about what you do without really showing them, do you, do you get the reaction of you're crazy or do you get a strange reaction? Yeah.
1: <laughs> sometimes, uh, I do sometimes, mostly with family, believe it or not. My family, uh, especially my mother, she cannot stand, um, insects. She can't stand it. And, uh, I mean, she's like jumping on a table over like an ant on the floor. She, she's funny about it, but, um, Anybody, mostly people that find me, they are, you know, insect enthusiasts You know, they, they really enjoy them, so they come to me, and they're happy with with it. It's not a big deal. But for the people that that don't like it, like I said, family, it's it's a real jaw jaw dropper for sure. Some people have a mixed reaction. They're like at first, you know, kind of kind of like weirded out by it, but then when they see when they really look at it and they, and they see that it's not necessarily touching them because it's encased in the resin and you can see its beauty through it. Sometimes it's not, it's not as they don't, you know, but like, oh, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, but I, I don't think it's for me. So it's, it's all about, you know, your level of comfortability with these, with, with insects. It's sure,
0: you know, sure. from person to person. I'm from Texas and we have these roaches that we call water bugs. I know they're in Florida, too. Yeah. Huge. They're huge. And they fly. And they're nasty. Oh, my
1: gosh. And
0: I used to think, why would these creatures even be on Earth? They're useless. When I got into uh, investigating, crime scene investigating, you can learn a lot from the lifespan of any bug being in the area or on the person or even in a vehicle. You can learn a lot about timing of a crime from just the larva or the actual creature or an old creature you know it's it's amazing so even water bugs have their place in life and flies too i mean you can tell a lot from a fly and that's yes investigators look at
1: every insect has its has its role every single thing you see on this earth has a role and a purpose and without them the world crumbles you you have to have you know as much as they are nature's cleanup system. Flies are what takes care of all of the dead animals around, as we know maggots and yucky stuff like that. That is that's literally nature's cleanup crew. So without that, we would all be living in a you know in a place that has rotting decay everywhere. So everything, and that's what I found out about insects. That's why it's so fascinating to me is because you see these little teeny tiny things, especially like ants. Don't get me started on ants. They, <laughs> they play the coolest role ever. And uh, just how they work is, is unbelievable. I definitely recommend anybody that likes insects to check out how ants work. I know they seem like just a boring bug that you can find anywhere but it is not, not everything is what it seems. And that is what I'll say. Not everything is as it seems. Ants are one of the coolest to look into. Might not be the coolest to look at, but when you look behind the scenes and you look how they all work,
0: it I mean, it's jaw dropping. You wouldn't believe it. Because I know you're in the process of changing over into Etsy and you're putting together your Etsy store. If anyone is interested in your pieces or looking at your artwork, the email to send an inquiry to is truecrimebook at yahoo.com. That's my email. I'll send you the link. Uh, again, it's true crime book all one word, at yahoo.com. So you can check out Caitlin Helmley's work. It's again truecrimebook at yahoo.com. And my website is www.besttruecrime.com. Caitlin, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Have a fabulous day. Hey, listeners. My name is Judith Yates, true crime author and criminologist, and I have taught common sense self defense for over 25 years. I have finally put all of these classes together in a book that's called How to Recognize the Devil because I believe devils walk among us every day. And We can recognize these devils at Escape Crime if we know how. We can teach it to our children, to our elderly, and special interest groups. The book is available at www.besttruecrime.com or you can pick it up at Amazon.com or wherever good true crime books are sold. Now, I don't make any money off of this book because I believe it's more important for you to learn how to use these skills. All the proceeds from this book goes to a nonprofit organization. Pick up a copy of How to Recognize the Devil. It does include worksheets for you to better use the skills taught in this book, and please be safe out there. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.